This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris, Craig, Scott, Brad, and Mark. Leicester Till I Die, now available on Spotify. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Hello fellow Fox fans, um, how are we? Just excuse me one second, I'm just um, I'm just having a look around just to see if I can actually find the real Leicester because I don't know, I don't know where they are, but welcome along. It's um, the post-match show on Leicester Till I Die TV and my jokes don't get any better I'm afraid. Um, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, um, we're, we're all over the place. If you are um, watching us on uh, Facebook, please click on the StreamYard link so that when you make a comment, and we'd love to hear your comments, we really want to have your thoughts on the performance. 
if you can say anything without swearing. Uh, just click on the StreamYard link. It brings your name up. Uh, YouTube Live, yep, yeah, we're on there as well. Lester Till I Die TV, you can uh, you can watch us live or even watch us on Catch Up. And talking to Catch Up, um, we can be found on YouTube. We can be found on Spotify, Apple, and your favorite podcast um, app. Uh, so there we go. Um, how was it? <laughs> it was bad, um, but I'm I'm trying to sort of keep it in. But I've got a couple of buddies tonight. Uh, we've got my usual post chat chum brad and we're going to be bringing him in in a second and we've got um special guest this evening as well that's it's joining the us match show with special guest xbox julian watts yes it is so we'll get to, um tonight's reaction from an ex-player um but let's bring them in um and first of all say good evening to brad good evening brad I don't know what's good about it, but even well, just... <laughs> I, I was about to say I use good advisedly. <laughs> um, and let's bring Julian in as well. I'll, I'll leave the good off for you, Julian, and just say evening. <laughs> oh, can you hear me, Julian? You can hear You got me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, right. Um... Evening, Julian, <laughs> by the way. You're all right, Brad. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> we lost 2 1. Um, typical. I hope you guys saw the goal because I didn't because I was off having a pee at the time. They always say things happen when you nip to the toilet. Maybe I should have uh, sat on the toilet for 90 minutes. And I don't think it was the fact necessarily that that we lost, but it was the performance. I mean, I, I've written so many things down here, like say, would the real Leicester stand up? Um, who was the bottom, you know, bottom of the table team? Uh, even the, you know, even the crowd stimulation noise on on, on the on Sky had gone quiet on us. That's how bad it was. And of course, no plan B. Was there even a plan A? Can you explain that at all, Julian? Uh, I think overall, it, it looked like Scott Parker really got his uh, tactics right. He's obviously done his homework, uh, nullified everything that's good about what we do. Um, you know, for instance, Vardy was so far away from the ball and we couldn't get in behind them because they were quite deep. Uh, and then we were relying on Pratt and Madison to get into the hole centrally, which they never really did. I think the odd time that Madison got there, I remember him turning and having a shot in the first half, but definitely didn't do it enough and didn't really look hungry to get on the ball. And we didn't use the, you know, the wide lads, um, you know, the, the two wing backs uh, as, as much as we should have done. And I, I perhaps felt they should have been higher up the pitch because we looked very pedestrian with the ball. We were passing it far too slowly and we couldn't really penetrate them. Uh, they looked just to soak that up. And when they had the chance to press, they did really aggressively won the ball back and it is on the great on the break and it was successful right through the match it was and i'm just going to bring in a comment here from ryan on youtube why you play three at the back is crazy not even josie the most defensive is plays in three at the back at the at home to fulham uh i always hear Perry has got to come back into the side i didn't see that bad at the but he followed that up and this one is especially for you here brad um Perez yes, I know in. that is as well. And Shay's <laughs> comment is a pain in the ass. I can get away with saying that. You Come can you can get away with you can get <laughs> away with arse tonight. I mean, yeah. I was watching the game, Brad, and 
you know, and I, I made a few notes here that sort of in the first 10 minutes, we had 70% of the possession. And when they scored, it was very much against the run of play. Yeah, but if someone can just hand me the rule book the last time I checked, possession might be classed as nine tenths of the law, but it means sod all in football. You score mm. goals, you win games. And until the 83rd minute, I don't remember the keeper having anything to do apart from pick, his, pick the ball out of his net when Barnes scored. So if, yes. I don't care if we had 99% possession. Fulham scored two goals, we scored one. I, I don't. Stats bore me because they're irrelevant come the result. The result is what's important. It doesn't matter how you get it. It's doesn't it doesn't matter we had seventy percent possession. Do we get a point for seventy percent possession? No, we don't. We get zero points because we scored one and they scored two. That's I don't like possession and I agree with Julian. The first half was very, very lethargic. And I think mm. a few fans that maybe haven't gone full rage and have maybe had a drink or whatever before to calm down, have said that maybe, and it's not an excuse, it's the truth, and if you want to call it an excuse, fine, every other club's allowed it, so I'm using it, but maybe the numbers game of injuries and, you know, the, the, the delay in expected returns and the fixture list has slowly caught up with us because before our last three results, bear in mind one of them was the defeat to Liverpool, the reigning champions, and in the last couple of years, European winners, you know, the last three games, before them three games, we'd won six and no one was batting an eyelid to our injured players. So let's put that in the context tonight. Mm. I'm not saying the excuse is the bad performance, but let's put that in the contents of things that were out of control tonight that we couldn't handle and, and, and may have played a part in such a lacklustre performance. It, it was lacklustre, and I know what you're saying about stats, but we have to look at the stats, otherwise we probably wouldn't have as, as much to talk about. Um, we could have, Julian, had we got it right tonight, we could have gone back up to second. Well, if we'd, if we'd have beaten them 6-0, we'd have gone back to the top. And when they announced that before the game, I was suddenly thinking, oh, Southampton again, here we go. Uh, a draw would have kept us in fourth, the loss kept us in fourth. Missed opportunity. It is, and, and another thing that you need to look at uh, is the chances. So while we didn't create much tonight, uh, the one time that uh, you know um, it was it James Justin got in, he actually yeah. uh, made quite a forceful run, got the free kick, and we perhaps should have scored, and that would really nullify Fulham's game plan, which was to sit back because if we're winning, they've got to come and do something eventually. So it puts yeah. us then on the front foot, and again, you know that was a big moment in the game because. Uh, as we've already alluded to, you know, we probably created that chance and, and maybe one or two more at the most and put one away. Uh, but th that was a crucial point in the game uh, for us. And like I say, put that in and it, it could have been a different story altogether. Yeah. I mean, as I say, I know this will probably wind Brad up, but, you know, at half time, we'd had more shots, but less on target. And, you know, the whole... I was watching it, obviously, as we all were, Brad, and... We just didn't, that final ball just wasn't finding a blue shirt. You know, we played some nice, as we always seem to say, we do tippy-tappy football. And then there was no no end product there. I think Vardy yeah. didn't get this first touch till the 25th minute. Yeah. And, you know, it's all good having pretty passing football, but it's pretty ugly on the other side if it's not going anywhere. And tonight it just didn't go anywhere. It got to a final third. 
And it was almost as if, I think we confused Fulham with our tactics as they lined up exactly like a team with, before this game, had four points, right? Let's, let, let's get that one out there for the fans that want that, what they want to make that point, that we lost to a team that had four points. Sorry, I've just seen that West Ham, are, I think, one all up against Villa. So there's another potential yeah. shock on the cards considering Villa's position. Mm-hmm. So I feel a bit better. But uh, yeah, you'd have thought they were probably going to be... We knew they were going to be on the defensive. It was very strange for me that we went with a back line of three. That was been a, a lot of cries from a lot of my friends that I talked to during the game, along with yourself, Chris. And I did think it was strange. I know I said I wouldn't question Brendan's tactics, but I think tonight he got it the line-out structurally wrong. I don't... Because when Foots was playing as a left-back, when Thomas came off, he looked a lot more sound than he did in the first half. And in that first half, he got absolutely tore apart. Mm. And that really cost us as well, I think. I think, for all it's nice and pretty, it's pointless and gets a bit boring. At some points in that first half, I I, I was like that. Because I was like, and he's going to pass it there, and he's going to go left, and then he's going to go back to Mendy. If I can sit here and predict the next three or four passes, what do you think Fulham were doing? A professional footballer, a manager on the sidelines are going to tell his players. I could see the next three or four passes. So they could. You don't play against a team that's struggling for form and getting... Yes, they've they've been brilliant. They were good against Everton and they were unlucky in the end, probably, the way... Well, from what I saw of the game, anyway. I don't know what they were like before they got themselves into that position. But they've shown they've got the ability to get goals. So they were going to, at yeah. some point, want to attack us. And we just never, we, we made it too easy for them. And the damage for me was done in that first half. I've got, yeah, it's always, yeah, I mean, at 2-0 down, I was, I'd virtually thought, this, and looking at the way we were playing, it was possibly game over. Now, I've got a question coming up for Julian, so I'm going to, from uh, somebody that's watching. So we're going to come to that as a second, Julian. But Brad, I mean, I was watching that as, um, how can I say, as a fan, um, even sort of 80 minutes, 2-0 down, there just seemed to be no urgency. We just seemed so lacklustre. And somebody's put here, um, you know, is is the um, Europa League taking its toll on us? Because I was watching that, and we were, say, 2-0 down, 10 minutes to go, and the Leicester of old that I grew up with, we'd be throwing the kitchen sink at them. Oh, so that's for, I think, for Brad, yeah. Oh, so, sorry, Julian. I mean, Julian, uh, I'll, I'll be quick to join Julian for jumping on this answer as well. I think the thing is, is something I've already stressed, is as much as people might have pointed out, with, and it, you probably got it to bring up later, so I won't talk too much about it, the penalty that was given against us. Mm. You know, a lot of people came at me, you know, only friendly, it was nothing vicious like some people might get for it, giving me sticks saying, well, it's about time you got one against you. Well, that was the softest decision ever. Well, it was, it, you know, it was just one of them. Oh, it was just so infuriating yeah. to watch. I mean, yeah. I've just lost my track of train of thought while I was going. I'm absolutely yeah. knackered. But it was, it was like watching paint dry as well at times. So I'll let Julian answer this question. Well, I've, I've, well, I've got, I've got, I've got the that was that one was actually for you, Brad. I've got one for oh, Julian well, here. From, for yeah, that was for actually you. Yeah, sorry. I think it's just the delay on the uh, on the chat. But Julian, I've got a question here for you from Craig, who does the Tuesday night show with me. Um, as a central defender, how difficult is it to play in the three rather than the two? As our wide central defenders consistently got pulled out wide to cover the wing backs. Um. 
don't know if that's a good one for me to answer. I think as I was playing, it um, started at Wednesday and did the same at Leicester and the same at, uh, at Luton. The back three was really coming into the game at that time. I think Liverpool had sort of started it off. I don't know if it was under Boulier or someone like that. They brought in the back three and then all of a sudden it became a bit of a trend like some of the formations we see now. Uh, but I was very fortunate that I was always the centre of the back three and I hated playing either side of the centre because you're absolutely right. Your wing backs are pushed up a little bit and you can feel quite isolated at times. You know, you're supposed to be, you know, there's a spare man in the middle, but you were supposed to be covering him as well. And, you know, looking over your shoulder, it's quite a difficult um, sort of position to play. But I mean, in the modern game these days, even the back fours, they have the full backs pushed on quite, mm. quite a lot. So, you know, modern day centre-halves need to have, quite a bit of pace and awareness to, to manage with how the managers want them to play. But uh, as the question is, I would say, yeah, it is it is quite difficult playing either side. Yeah. And going back to you, Brad, again, um, I mean, looking yeah, at sorry, that I've team that we... Trying to forward. Sorry. That's okay, not a problem. But looking at the team that we started with... Um, it didn't, yeah. you know, it didn't look too bad a team. It looked quite, you know, well, as best as we can with the players we've got available. And I just want to bring up a point that you made to me before the game is there was no sign of Castagna again. And, yeah. you know, you, you made a point. Do you want to, do you want to bring that point up again? Because it was, I think it was a very good point that you made. Yeah. And I think I made the point before against Braga. It's a bit strange if yeah. someone's supposedly as fit and as ready as Castagne has supposed to have been now for a good couple of weeks. While, you know, we know we're probably better suited to attacking football, it's quite clear. And I know we have been able to, and probably would do a better job at times to have a back three with when it's solely Evans, Fafana and Sayunchu there when they're all through thick. But Justin has played a lot more games than he's probably expecting for his age and his development. He was probably mm. brought in to be an understudy to Ricardo. Um, Thomas was rushed in with injury to Ben Chilwell next season. And we knew he was going to lose Ben Chilwell. It wasn't obviously a certainty, but we was going to lose him at mm. some point. Foots can do a job for a certain amount of games. And I think the way the fixture list was stretched, I was just surprised he wasn't there as an option because we saw against Braga they looked a bit lethargic. And tonight they were lethargic. And when you're going to play three at the back and you're asking your wing-backs to push forward and you've mm. got someone like Christian Fuchs out there who did a sturdier job in the second half, don't get me wrong, but I would have preferred to have seen someone like a Castagne running at them and give Justin yeah. that freedom because it just seemed a bit stifled on the left. Even the commentators of where I was watching it were saying, Leicester need to stop going down the left because they're just stifling their own attack. They need to get the ball out to Justin. And I just think, you know, maybe there's a few players out there that if they're so ready to be there, you know, we, we allow the likes of Vardy and Fafana, who gratefully came on and changed the game against Braga in midweek, to get a rest but be on the bench, in, you know, in case, you know, break glass in case, case of emergencies, as the saying is. Well, why wasn't Cassagne and players like that there tonight? 20 minutes, yes. 15 minutes would have done them the world of good, especially if we'd have got that goal 10 minutes earlier. You know, Fulham... Mm -hmm. Are, an, are that sort of team where it, it wasn't until the 83rd minute, like I said, when we got the goal, that all of a sudden the kitchen sink, the goalkeeper and the backroom staff was getting thrown up front. Yes. Which was yeah. 
I think we brought the backroom staff on. We might have actually got something. But Julian, again, as a, as a defender, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. I mean, Ryan sort of said here, I mean, you kind of knew with the penalty once it went to the ref going over to look at the monitor at the side of the pitch, you know, it was going to be given. You know, I think everybody's heart sunk at that point. And, you know, the commentators on Sky were sort of saying, yes, you know, they, they thought it was a penalty. I mean, you know, it, it was it harsh or was it a, a, a it looked a bit a little bit harsh to me. I just think in in, in the modern game it's a penalty. And I d I don't agree with it necessarily, but I think about 10, 15 years ago, professional football was commentating, started to say things like there was contact, therefore he had the right to go down. And when I'm seeing yeah. fellow pros say that, I just think the game's it's going the wrong direction and it's been going in the wrong direction ever since. You know, yeah. and I watch games now and see tackles that are perfectly acceptable and much harder tackles in my day. It was just a, a great tackle. And, you, you know, and it's all about following through. Of course you followed through. A sliding yeah. tackle, you got the ball, the man took the lock, put him over the touchline and winked him, you know, winked him as you, as you ran off. Yeah. If you do that now, it's a yellow, possibly a red. And it is, the, the game's changed completely. And, like, you, know, I, you know, I'm all for the safety of the players, but... You know, I don't think it was that bad in, in our day. It was just good, honest football. And the more you take it out, and it's going to get worse still. It's going to get absolutely worse still. When you've got the likes of Platini wanting to ban tackling from football, you know. And that, that you can see that one day, though. But that is the direction. We've started sort of over here. And it's moving that way. And it's, yeah. it's going to get worse and worse, unfortunately. So, you know, in my day, that wasn't a pen. It wasn't even a consideration, you know, when they just told them to get up. But today, it definitely is a pen, unfortunately. I mean, I, I think their play, I mean, when I, when I saw it, I've got to be honest with you, the first thing that went through my mind was that's, that's one that Vardy would have gone down for. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. think had it had it been the other end, I yeah, I definitely would have been screaming for the penalty. I mean, there was a classic one in, in the, I don't know if it was the second half, where even the commentator mentioned it. Madison sort of jinked, gone past the player, brushed him and gone down. And even the commentator yeah. said, he's barely touched him, but it's a free kick and we'd have all been screaming for a free kick. So, you yeah. know, you can't do it one way and then not the other, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I think... <laughs> Somebody's somebody asked, I mean, again, I mean, uh, th this is a very good point that somebody's put up, and I'll, I'll throw this out to you, Brad. Um, and I just, um, I think Fuchs is getting a lot of stick here. And, like, I mean, Fuchs has played more games in this season than he's played in the previous two seasons put together, you know. And at the end of the day, maybe he didn't need to make the tackle. I think, as I say, I think the player their player ran in ran into him but you know he's not he's not you know he's not he's not a young player he's an old player he's got you know he's got the head on him he knows what he's doing and i don't think he you know i don't think he went to i don't think it was a rush challenge no it's not and i i mean i'll agree with julian and unfortunately the way the football world is going it's you know it it, it is only by that status the way the footballing world is going is it a penalty? Because I'm telling you now, being as I watched Julian play, and that's what I grew up watching the likes of Watts, Elliot and Walsh when he was around and, and, and they were playing, they'd have laughed at him. Walsh would have probably mm. laughed at him and picked him up and gone, get up, come on, what are you doing? And, it, and no one would have batted an eyelid. But now mm. it's a penalty. And, it, and it's ridiculous to say it's a penalty, but it is by law. And if it had happened in our box, I'd have been going, I'd have been laughing because I was laughing when it was given. Because as soon as I knew yeah. it was getting checked, I was like, great, it's a penalty. 
I mean, don't get me mm. wrong. I had a little bit more optimism with Fulham's record of penalties, but yes, you know. I said that it was it was a good. Unfortunately, it was a good penalty under pressure. The that's Leicester for you. The Fulham piss poor at taking penalties all season. Play Leicester, and yeah. they suddenly produce but a good one. It's a bit harsh on Fulham. On folks, I, I need to put my teeth in today. I, I'm too knackered. I tell you, I've been working all weekend and now tonight's put me in a bad mood. I can't speak. It's it's the drink, but, um, Julian. I tell you, don't don't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not water in our taps. I can tell you that much. Anyway, but the thing is, though, Fuchs isn't a natural out and out centre back. Mm. Now, if you'd have said today we we had the options to, that's the hypothetical, and we did still line up with three. That would have been Fofana's job, or that would have been Evans's job, or that would have been Sionchu's job. Whether mm. it was a back three or a back two, that should never, under extreme circumstances, have to be Fuchs's job. And we've got mm. two centre-backs, so I don't see a need for a third, because when you play three centre-backs, and I'm sure you know, Junior will agree on this, you play that one because you've got one that can break out. And Fofana likes to break out. And Fuchs likes to be told to push up and help support Thomas on that left because of his experience. But you can't have someone in the late 30s who hasn't got the legs to get to the halfway line and into our half and then chase back if we lose the ball when you've also got another centre-back that likes to push on. You need to have the brains staying there and doing the job and let Fafana run out. Like like Maguire used to let Soyuncu run out when he was his partner because he could get forward quicker. You need to have it organised, and that's why we can't play three at the back with Fuchs. I'm, I'm just going to bring some comments in now. Uh, <laughs> that one did make me laugh. I'll just bring it back up. Too many snowflakes in today's modern game. Um, well, yeah, well, yeah let, 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 let's move on from that one. Questionable um, wording, not, but... Not sure Walsh would agree with you after Speedy went over like a sack of spuds at Wembley. <laughs> but again... <laughs> Once we once we signed him, of course, <laughs> he, he was he was marvelous. Yeah. Uh, somebody says here mentally weak. Um, somebody else saying here it was a penalty all day long. Forget the penalty; we were garbage tonight and deserved nothing. I mean, this was it. Even without the penalty, we probably didn't um, deserve anything. And I've got to say hello to Matteo, uh, a Fulham supporter. But you're welcome. Through gritted teeth, Matteo. <laughs> Hard luck. Uh, luck went our way tonight, but we were due some. Uh, we always say it's a it's a marathon, not a swim. Well done, Matteo. I mean, I've got to be honest with you, Matteo. Again, through gritted teeth, but you you did deserve it. And I'm going to bring throw this one at Julian here because I, I made this point earlier and I, and I've lost it now. But we need somebody that can take corners and you know free kicks. I mean. What's happened with Madison? He used him in mean, free kicks. It's his speciality. I don't think one corner went to one of our players tonight. No, and I think I think the last corner of the game when Schmeichel goes up sums the performance up because it didn't. I think it, it was at the near post and it was a couple of feet off, you know, off the floor. I think again, modern game, they want to whip these balls in with so much pace, but there's only so many people can actually do it. So you're looking at your David Beckham's and people like that. And you walk yeah. proud Southampton, they can do it with pace and they're fairly accurate. You know, for me, the modern players need to take a bit of pace off and, and concentrate more on the accuracy because you can literally say seven or eight times out of ten, we're not even getting, you know, past the first man at the front post. And, you know, that's a ridiculous stat when it's a set piece in your favour. 
Yeah. Uh, good, after, good afternoon. What am I saying? You got me at it now, Brad. Good evening. A lot of <laughs> to Justin. A lot of play. <laughs> a lot of passes went straight to Fulham. Mendy was shit, mind you. So were the rest of the team. Um, I'm going to come on to man of the match at the moment, but we. <laughs> It did, like I say, we, we're struggling with the team we can put out sometime with Brendan, and we give him praise when he sort of gets it right. Tonight, the ratings that Alan gave them, I mean, he gave four to Brendan and five to the team. Um, I'll go to um, Brendan first to you, Brad, then I'll come on to you, Julian, with um, with the team. Was was that a, a, a four performance? I mean, I thought he probably deserved more than that because he did make the subs early. He shouldn't have had to make the subs. Mm. He should have known that was the team to put out in the first half. He should have seen what he was up against, known what they do, known where their frailties are. Everybody, every Tom, Dick and Harry knew their weaknesses. Mm. Um, so for me, he'd have got a zero in the first half because he got it completely wrong. And in the second half, he does redeem, redeem himself up to a four. But then mistakes shouldn't have been in place. Fuchs is not a centre-back. We have two fit centre-backs. Mm. Play four at the back. Get us on the width, get us numbers forward. That was, but it's what not was wrong all... with the game. That's where we lost it on a very good and organised Fulham performance on top of that as well, may I add. Yes, and we mustn't take anything away from Fulham. They came, they 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 did a job. I mean, you know, you can put the best team out in the world and, and you know, if you I mean Madison and Vardy were probably two of the two best players that we've got out there at the moment, neither of them performed tonight. And once those players go over the white line, Brendan's, you know, out of his control, really. All he can do is then make the changes, which he did. I mean, I, I just thought four was a little bit harsh, to be honest with you. Yeah, but like I said, it would have, mm. it would have probably been higher. I had that for, he, it's all well and good saying, yeah, the players have to go out and do, and do a job. I will back it. I will back the fact that the players have to go out there and do their job. No arguments with that. But it was clear as day. The second he made them changes, structurally, tactically, and on that field, we were a better side. And yeah, sure, at that point, when they're holding on to a 2 lead and we're playing a team that's mm. what won one game out of the first eight or got four points somehow, yeah. we're sitting back, nine men behind the ball. I think at one point, the commentator went, they've got six. They got six at the back. They're playing a six-three, and it was when Mitrovic came on. The commentator mm. said, "Follow my literally line up six at the back, three in front of that, and then Mitrovic, ninety yards up the pitch on his Todd." That's how a team plays when they get desperate, yeah. Dan. And if we'd have gone at them and been attacking, even if they'd have got played well, which they did, look, Fulham were probably the best looking side on that pitch and played as handled mm. as the best out of all our defeats. I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool, they're a different class. You take you take Fulham's position and the quality they're lacking in comparison to your bigger sides like your Spurs, your yeah. Arsenal's, your Man City's. They've handled yeah. us the best tonight, even better than Villa and West Ham. And I'm sorry, we right. got the first half wrong and the damage I'm, was done. Yeah, I'm just watching the time, so I'm going to move to Julian and go uh, five for the team performance. Is that fair? Um, I think it probably is. It looks last like most. Uh, I mean, I spoke to you earlier, Chris, and. You know, as a player, you'd walk off tonight disappointed. If I, if I could just nip one back and go to Brendan's performance, what I would like to see after five minutes, when we have got possession, but there's no point to that possession, is he should be screaming for them to do it quicker. 
it was so slow, it was predictable, and we didn't really move anybody around. And you've just mm -hmm. got to get the tempo up, and a manager for me should be on there screaming at the players to increase that tempo, uh, which we never did all night. And that's why we were very, very easy to play against tonight. And again, that's something that as a player, you, you probably should, well, you would, you'd recognise that. So as a player, when you're not, you know, we talk again about possession, but I wonder how much of that possession was in our own half, which is, again, not going to create your chances. You know, so, yeah, it probably would be a five for the team because they should really recognise that and be able to do something about it yourself. I mean, the interesting, and I'm sorry for this, Brad, but there are stats to be looked at. Um, at the end of the first half, a point really sort of backing up what Julian did. We, I mean, Fulham had had 133 passes. We'd had 273 and yet we were we were two nil down. I mean, you know, it it you can you can have all the possession. You can play this nice tippy tappy football. You know, Julian, um, Martin O'Neill, wouldn't he want to? Oh, and Brian Little, they wouldn't have stood for a performance like that, would they? No, no. I mean, Martin would have probably made a change first half. He was quite brutal, mm. and, and you know, nine nine times nine, nine times out of hundred, he'd be right. And I think I said in the last time I was on that. We were 2-0 down against Chelsea in the Cup and put Walsh up front. And we were mm. so bare at the back. I think me and, I can't remember, I don't know if it was Spencer Pryor, it was literally just us that we got the ball. We went a bit more direct. We were hitting the big man. And he, you know, he scores two goals. We draw 2-2. Two -two. That's in the last 10 minutes. And, you know, we get a replay. Um, right. and I, I think, again, last time, we would rather lose 5 or 6 nil going for it than sit back and hold, you know, and just lose 2-0 to, yeah. to keep a bit of pace. And, and that's the mentality was... a you know, that team was quite different. Okay, I'm going to ask just in one word, and um, we've still got a few points to get through, just in one word, your man of the match, Brad, first of all. I'm glad he asked you first, Brad. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, cheers, cheers. Um, well, I tell you what, I tell you what, have a think, because what I'm going to do, this was, and I kind of agree with Alan on this one, but this was who Alan went for, for, uh, for man of the match. I mean, I think without Casper, we, we could have been looking at, I think, you know, four or five. He did pull off a couple of really good saves. Would you? So would you agree, Brad? Or And I, I must admit, I thought it was going to be one of those games where who do you pick for man of the match? Well, it is, isn't it? It's who do you mm. pick out of a bad performance? Again, we're speaking of it. It's like Liverpool again, but worse somehow. Mm. Uh, Sorry, Julian, but if you want to join me, you're more than welcome. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. Uh, I think, I think I'm gonna take the, uh, I think I'm gonna take the easy option and go with uh, Alan's one because I can't, I honestly can't think. Cause the only thing that springs to mind is he saved when it's two nil and Barnes's goal. Yeah. They're the only two things that I can think are positive to pick out yeah. a man of match. So yeah, Shamichael for me. Yeah, yeah I mean, Shamichael. Yeah, going back to the possession word, if we've had seventy percent of the possession. And our keeper gets to the man of the match. That just tells you something, I think, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and we don't yeah. get a point, like I said, lads, we don't get a point for 70% possession, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <happen. laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. We do. We've proved that we enough. Do. We've proved that enough. You guys. There's one thing I throw at you guys, because I don't I don't watch them, obviously, as much as you, you guys do, and I'm quite a big, a big fan of the young lad, and it's perhaps because the only time I've seen him play is, is performed well. And uh, for me, again, not... You know, probably knowing the team as well as you guys and watching them week in, week out and seeing the substitutions and what have you. 
I would have kept the young lad on and took Fuchs off because I thought Fuchs was finding it really tough. Maybe he thinks he's a wing-back and probably not ready to be a left-back, which are more defensive duties. But I think still when you're chasing a goal, I would have someone with a bit more pace uh, and probably a bit more capability of getting forward and up and down the pitch. So that surprised me. So, you know, you guys might tell me that he's had a couple of games where he's not performed. But uh, for me, I think he's a great prospect and someone I'd be really pushing at the moment. No, I'd back that. I, no, I'd back yeah. that because I mean I, I said it and, and and kind of backing that point. What's the point in having a defensive minded player on when you're two 0 down? And I said that, and I felt like I'd gone psychic because no, no sooner as I said it than two minutes later, because I was referring to Mendy being on the pitch. I mean, don't be mm. wrong. I actually don't think Mendy had that bad a game. I know. No. I don't know what mistake. You know, you know he gets a lot of criticism, but I don't actually think he did too much wrong. But when you're 2 nil down, I was thinking, why is he on the pitch? Not because he's having a bad game, but because he's not needed. And lo and behold, two minutes later, one of the commentators through the way I was watching the game went, I'm not I think it was when the Niacho came on. He said, I'm not surprised it's many that's come off because he's been all right, but you're 2 nil down at home. You don't need a defensive midfielder on the pitch. Mm -hmm. and, that, and, and going back to Julian's point when he was on about not hearing the manager, I don't know if it was just before or if it was when we actually did go to 2-1, that was the first time I actually heard Brendan Rodgers on the sideline. And so, I, you know, Julian makes the point. It, it, it kind of coincided with the effort seemed to go up once we had a, you know, once we were throwing a bone and scrapped a goal because it weren't just the players, it was the manager. And that's a little bit concerning. Like Julian says, it's a bit concerning as a player, especially with the current climate where you can hear every word that's being said you're 2 0 yeah. down, and you've got a manager doing this. I mean, I remember James Justin's shot, and the yeah. camera panned to his face, and he was like, as if to go, Why are you wasting that shot? Not to swear on why we're live, but I know a certain manager would have been going, What the effing hell are you effing doing? Yeah. Get F if you do that ever again, I'm going to effing drag you off and put some FRLs on to do it for me. Because that was yeah. ridiculous shooting. I mean, that we was had ridiculous, we but nothing. No, we never had any idea yeah. what Martin O'Neill was saying, but whatever it was, he was always very passionate about it. And I think that's that's what you, yeah, you loved. And yeah. <laughs> we probably didn't want to, didn't want to hear. Uh, yeah. but let's just go. We've got a lot of comments here just for me to catch up on. Um, Grealish uh, is quickly overshadowing Madison in the game. He, he He's not looked as, I don't think, for, for me, Madison, since he's come back. He's not the Madison of old. But, you know, you've got to give him a chance to maybe sort of play himself just, back into the game. Just a quick one on Madison. Two goals yeah. and two assists since December 2019 was a stat that was put forward after the game. He's not been on form for a while, even no, with that injury no. before it. No. But, but, like, you know, well... Fingers crossed, you know, we, we know we know what he can do. Um we need another Steve Guppy. <laughs> hey I'm I'm a I was always a big Steve Guppy fan. I love Steve Guppy. Um but we have we've we've got Mark Albrighton. Um yeah, we've, we've got Barnes, his scoring's yeah. getting better. He's got five yeah. goals this season, out of his thirteen yeah. in his career. But I think when I when I saw, I mean, I wasn't impressed. I was glad Inacho came on, and Inacho for um, Mendy. Uh, Mendy was a, 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 so it was it was a statement of intent that we were going for it. But I don't know what you you think, Julian. Inacho doesn't. I don't think. Great, this is going. You know, he's going to give him up and go for it, and he didn't, did he? He's kind of yeah. very lackluster. 
player in that you know, when you talk about the squad not so much about the injuries and what have you but when you talk about squads and especially the you know the bigger teams you know man united brought on cavani yesterday uh who scored yeah. two goals and they came from you know we bring on Iniacho. so no disrespect to the lad but you know they've got to back up something as good on the bench whereas he's just probably up and coming and not quite where you know he needs yeah. to be which is the reason he's not starting um, and, you know, like I say, the bigger teams have got the capability of bringing someone in who, who literally will change the game. Yeah. Uh, we are the least creative team when it comes to dead ball situation. I can't argue with that. Uh, I always used to, I always say to my son, the other team's happy if we get a corner because they know we, we, we're not going to do anything uh, anything with it. Um, Grealish is making Madison look like Damari Gray. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, That's hard. Uh, That's hard. Nah. <laughs> There's no need to when you look at tonight, you know, I'm thinking like Harvey. I mean, when Harvey Barnes came on, I thought, great, he's going to run at the gum because that's what, obviously what, what he was brought on for. It didn't happen. You know, I mean, I don't think Damari Gray would have given a worse performance than tonight, to be honest with you. Um, Larry, good evening, Larry. Uh, oops, and it's gone there. Let me just bring that back in. Basically, two games in a week um, that Brendan has made double substitutions at half time. This week at the back not working properly. Um, what's the one here? Um, let's beat Sheffield United and Brighton, get a point at Spurs, and let's just go for the Europa as well. Keep the faith. I mean, I get the obviously the keep the faith and Foxes never quit and all that, but we're saying let's beat Sheffield United and Brighton. Literally four or five days ago, somebody posted after the Liverpool defeat, well, we've got some easy games coming up now. It didn't look that easy this, this evening, did it, against the, like, the equivalent of Sheffield United and Brighton? Well, and and Brighton drew with Liverpool, so they're not that easy, are they? No, so. no, they're not. Um, sorry about this, guys. It's going very slow. Uh, Brendan overthinks team selection far too often and concentrating on stopping the opposition rather than on our strengths. Let me throw that one to Julian. Uh, I don't know if that. I think Brendan's just got a way of playing, and he and he sticks to it, which is why he stuck to the formation. I saw someone post up a question earlier about why did they play one striker. It's quite common in modern day football, very common in fact. Although one or two are now going back to two strikers. So you know, he just believes with the players he's got, the squad he's got, who fits into which positions that that's his you know his best lineup. And you know, he's a clever guy and a great coach. You know, so. You know, after a bad result, we can all sit here and criticise, but he works with these guys day in, day out, and, and this is what he sees as his, as his best option. And um, unfortunately, at the moment, it's not working. And as you said, with the games coming up, you know, I, we, we spoke about it before we came on our Chris, Chris, and, mm. you know, it's, is it the teams that, like the Fulhams and the Sheffield United, who are going to be more cautious that we find difficult to break down? Because to be fair tonight, we just couldn't break them down. We didn't no. have... Anything and you know, like Harvey Barnes might have been a better option. Get him out wide, give him the ball, see if he'll have a run at them. But what they did tonight is in a back four, but doubled up. And like you say, so when they had the six at the back, they were literally doubling up with it, you know, with the fullbacks, making them very difficult and very, you know, hard to get, yeah. hard to get by. So, you know, like I say, that the formation's what it is. That's what he sees as the best. But it, it might need a few tweaks, and if there's a few players coming back, it, it, there might be an improvement quite quickly, and hopefully we can get over the line at Sheffield United who are really struggling at the moment and, uh, and things will look a lot better. 
And you mentioned well, we, we talked before we, we came live, Julian, and you, you you're saying as a player, you know. And sometimes you ju you just I mean we've all done it. Whatever job we're doing, we don't you know. I used to be in sales, and I didn't have a great sales day every single day of the week. Every time I turned up, we do have off days, and you know, as a player, when you have, uh, but you know, you, you still you still get a bollocking off the manager, though, wouldn't you? Oh god, we 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 definitely would. Um, and I just think like sometimes like you watch the game tonight, and it looks like the players aren't trying, and believe me, they are. Uh, it just uh, had all the answers to all the questions. We didn't ask that many questions, if I'm honest. But the questions we did ask, they, they had the answers, and it, it makes it look lethargic. Makes it look like you know people can say they weren't trying. You know they were trying, but you would come off that game knowing that you were second best and that you perhaps you'll have felt you'd have left something out there and that was the difference when uh, we had Marty in charge because he literally just threw players forward and didn't give a uh, you know monkeys about what happened at the back if we conceded two or three going for it he didn't care uh, but if yeah. we win we'd have a go and, you know and the fans appreciated that as well because to them it just looked like we were like you know 100% all going for it I think at that period of the team uh, that's what the fans really liked about us. However, we were winning, losing, whatever. Yeah, it, it always looked like we'd be giving hundred percent. And I know we, we we did have some bad games in the, you know, in, the, yeah. in, in that era. But it, more often than not, you know, you could see that we rolled the sleeves up, we'd get stuck in, we'd put the tackles in, win the headers, and if we lost, it was generally, you know, someone was a bit better than us. That's yeah. all. I mean, I can remember, and I, I think I mentioned this. I don't. It might have been with Craig, or it could have been with Brad. When we have the great escape year. And we weren't losing by, you know, it was 1-0, 2-0, 2-1s and what have you. But, you know, the players were giving everything every week. And I don't think Nigel Pearson would have settled for anything less. And I'm not saying Brendan would, but like you say, I think we didn't we didn't go mad at that team because we knew that they were, you know, give, giving everything that they could. But Brad, bringing the point up that, that Julian made there, we've got a lot of players literally due back any time now um you know we mentioned castagna uh, we know pierre has had a run out um <laughs> are we panicking too soon uh, i mean just as fans get overexcited when we when we win games like we do you know you you, you kind of hit the nervous button when you when you lose it's part and parcel of being a football fan and football in general mm. and, and look I mean, maybe Rogers should have maybe just kept it a bit tight-lipped because it was the first time I've ever heard him mention a player's name and and, and address the situation that he's ready and get the fans expectant of an earlier return than what it was, um, the way he did. Because it was he's unlike Brendan Rogers, he's normally very tight-lipped. But yeah. maybe Brendan Rogers was hoping because I mean I know we've talked about it a lot and you've mentioned it a few times in the last coming games, you know. Christian Fuchs, and I hate to circle him out, but I have to because maybe of his age, he probably came into the season thinking the games he's played now, he probably would be happy to have featured over the stretch of a season, let alone in the first 10 games of a season. And that's, you yeah. know, well, that's excluding the Europa League fixtures as well that he's he's had to play in. You know, he probably wasn't expecting this much football. I just think at the wrong time, he's probably caught us going. And maybe tonight, the only reason I can see um, that he didn't bring Castagne in isn't just a case of not wanting to rush a player back because him and Ricardo, and I know Ricardo, he got some minutes at the under-23, did he not? 
Yeah, so about that, 60 minutes, I think he got, yeah. Yeah, so he was he was more than much ready, in my opinion, of someone of his quality. I know it was a long injury, and maybe maybe that's why, but maybe it was more the case of we played a team tonight that was feeling like we did in that great escape. They were getting beaten, but not maybe the results mm. that they, you know, deserved. You know, they shot themselves in the foot with that disastrous Penenka penalty. You know, they they, 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 came, they missed a penalty against Everton. You know, and they haven't maybe got the results that performance warranted. They didn't want them being a bit, you know, with the grip between the teeth, going in hard on a returning Ricardo, on a returning Castagne. And no disrespect yeah. to the Ukrainian um, side, because I'm not going to butcher the name. I told you that the first time we played them. So uh, the hand. Ukrainian side yeah. that, that we yeah. play, he's thinking that would be more of an easier test because of our situation in that. Yeah. I know we want to win the group, it's... but. I yeah. think it's more the fact that we've qualified. We've got through the banana skin group because as kind as it was, so you still have to beat what's in front of you. Yeah. And it gives them players, it gives them a chance to give them players 60 minutes, 70 minutes yeah. and, I, and still be fresh enough for, for Sheffield yeah. United. I must admit, I did. Um, I think this is probably why I had to go to the toilet. And you mentioned the, uh, and I can never say that word, but the, the, the chip penalties. Um, and I, I think, Julian, you, you watch Sky as well. And they, they said that horrible word that always sends a, shover, sh- a shudder down my back, Kermagrant. <laughs> we, uh, we always remember that penalty against Cardiff, don't we? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. If you, if yeah. you do it, it's got to go in. You know, I yeah. remember... I can't remember the lad, Liam, was it Liam Lawrence, who did it in, he was playing for Mansfield, I think, in a playoff mm. final or, you know, sort of, it was a big game for the club, you know, it's quite local to me, Mansfield, yes. and, um, you know, it was one of the, it was the penalty shootout afterwards and it is dropped onto the roof of the net, and I was watching the TV and I thought, his manager now is going to be absolutely raging when the stakes are so high, and I know, you know, I, I, was, I was in a, a penalty shootout myself as a young lad and I was the only player not to take because I was, I was absolutely shaking. It's a, it's a nerve-wracking sort of place to be in, but um, there's got to be better options when the pressure is so high yeah. um, than that. That said, though, it, you pull it off and it, you, you're the best thing since sliced bread. You know, you suddenly yeah. pelly when you, when you manage to pull it off. And I, I can remember playing for my work side once and, uh, yeah, I, I missed the deciding penalty as well. But that, that was only because I, I, I blasted it into sort of rose Z, you know. <laughs> but um, guy here, sort of just a few more comments. Uh, I understand we can't win every game. For God's sake, we should be beating teams like Fulham on paper, yes, but you know, we, we don't play games on paper. And yeah, my worry is, and either of you come in on this one, uh, whoever, whoever wants to, we've lost against Liverpool. And uh, some guy said this should have been the game that we came back and got that out of a system. They're getting back on the bike and it hasn't. We are away to um, Zoya Luhansk. Um, I keep saying that because it's the only one of the <laughs> those sort of teams I can actually pronounce. That's not. It's not going to be easy. I don't. I mean, they 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 got a three 0 win over Athens uh, last week. If if we don't get anything out of that, suddenly it's it's three losses on the bounce and doubt starts to to get in. Yeah, so I mean, it, it is that case, and then you go away there and win, and it, it changes it totally. Obviously, results change everything. And, you know, right now, I think. I mean, for me, the Liverpool are Liverpool. They are fantastic, as Brad alluded to earlier. But I still felt in that game, we didn't really get close to them. 
you know, we didn't really let a glove on them. And I still thought that was a little bit standoffish and, you know, I'd like to see us in the face, although it is difficult because they are such a great team and such amazing top three and, you know, even the rest of the team. But then, you know, like you say, you follow that up with tonight and that becomes then very disappointing because, uh, you know, as the guys just said, you know, we should be, you know, if we're a top six team, which, you know, currently we are, but we haven't. And so then the next result becomes a bit more important and the results after and the results after. And, you know, it can, it can it can damage everyone's confidence before they're even out on the pitch. It can yeah. change your mindset and how you go about the game and how you play the game. Uh, such a massive thing in football, especially these days, confidence. So, you know, hopefully that won't be the case and they'll go and get a, a decent result. Uh, and that will back, you know, nicely into the Premier League. I mean, I wouldn't Brad ever want to sort of take away the fact that we won the Premier League but having having won the Premier League, fans' expectations went up, mine included, massively. And every season now, you know, we finished, you know, fifth last season. We expect to be back up there, and it's it's not always, you know, going to happen. I mean, and Justin has here has just said um, he works on a building site full of the site. I've, presumably Bill inside. Sorry, Justin, if it's not. I'm working on this full of Man United and Tottenham knobs, uh, not looking forward to tomorrow. But that said, you know, we are still Leicester. We, we haven't got a huge squad to start with. We we know our injury problems second only to Liverpool, and you've got Klopp screaming for five substitutions. We, we're still sitting there fourth. We, we know we're still qualified for Europe. And when you let you know, that the first half an hour, 40 minutes after we've lost the game, settle and look at the bigger picture. Yeah, it was a loss. It happens. We, You know, we're not going to win every game just because we finished fifth last season. No, that's true. I mean, and let's also remember we went on a very barren run when we won the league. I think we drew nil-nil with Bournemouth. We drew nil-nil with Man City. I think we even drew with Villa. On a season that they went down trying to beat Derby County's record, we didn't we draw with Villa at their ground. Mares missing um, a penalty. That might have been a season um, after, but I know we played it. Yeah. We played a, you know, we've played a few games where we've lost to teams that we shouldn't have lost to in respect to on paper. Mm. So uh, you know, maybe maybe it's just the fact that it, people are looking more at the fact that we haven't won in three rather than who we've played. I know yes. Fulham isn't with the greatest respect up there as a team. And yeah, we are probably expecting to beat more times than not a team in that sort of area with the, with the difference in quality. But at the same time, there's going to be results that have already happened this season and you're going to see more of them a season uh, where you're going to see an upset. You're going to see a team beat somebody or get a result they're not expecting. You know, Villa 7, Liverpool 2... Well, I was going to say, especially this season, because this is the strangest of strangest seasons, and I don't think you probably would agree, possibly Julian, this season, I wouldn't like to predict any game. (laughs) I know we always say anybody can beat anybody on the day, but this season, with everything that's gone on, is just totally bonkers, isn't it? It is, and, you know, the mindset going out the first few times when they played in, in an empty stadium must have been... You know, normally for me, that meant it was a reserve game. So, you know, it's a a whole different energy to that game. Um, But, I mean, I think going back to the expectations, uh, you know, that season that we won the league, I mean, 
you know, Man United, Man City, Arsenal, all really underperformed. And it, it should, you know, probably should have been Tottenham's great year and we were the flying the ointments on that. So it was that was a funny season in itself as well, where yeah. you normally get one or two of the top teams not performing through the season, but there were three, you know, in that season. And even though we won the league and it was fantastic, there's still such a gulf between you know, Leicester City and your Arsenal's and your man, you know, yeah. financially, we all know that, but I think we sort of expected the goal to narrow a little bit quicker and it hasn't really, and it, it, neither should we have expected it to, but you do get, you know, excited. And, you know, I remember looking back at that season, everyone will have had a different point in that season where they thought, God, we're actually going to do this. Some some crazy people, it might have been really early. For me, yeah. you know, I think it was way after Christmas, all of oh. a sudden, you know, it was a maybe March time thinking, right, <laughs> we're going to do this. Um, and, you know, obviously we finished struggling in the rest of history. So, yeah. yeah, expectations would have gone up a lot, but there is still a huge gulf there. And I would say, you know, even now with a good structure at the club and the recruitment programme that they've got, it would still, for me, be a minimum of another five years before we, if, if everything went OK and went right, yeah say or could compete with those top clubs because they've, they've all had a big influx of money they've been able to spend it quite well Klopp's a great manager you know Pep's a great manager Arteta looks like he might be a great manager Mourinho's been there and done it whatever you think of him so they've had a quick head start with a you know a, a big influx of cash we're, we're slightly different to that but we can get there but it's definitely going to take a bit more time than, than I think a lot of the supporters would like to think and I think Brad, you made a, I'm going to say, a very good point earlier that, you know, I think we, we we've, we're punching above our weight at the moment with the players that we have available, and you know, we don't know if it would have been better, worse, same, whatever, had we had our normal full squad of, you know, first first choice players out there, and maybe it is just now a step too far and we need to get and obviously we can't, can't rush them back any quicker than than they, they can be brought back but we do need to get our, our, our player you know our good play, well, say our good players that's being very demeaning to those that are there but our first choice players back as soon as possible yeah i think that's always the case and i think it goes back to a point that julian made earlier and that is that uh, it's sometimes you can you can defend the quality of your players, your like your Fuchs's, your Mendes, uh, your Justins, etc. That step up and have to step in for a while, like they have. But eventually, that is going to tell you toll. And and I've made this point before, and I'll stand by it. We're in that development stage. We are what you call a work in progress. We remind ourselves of. When Julian was playing in the nineties, you probably say that we probably remind us of Chelsea back then when they were just creeping in, but maybe their fans back then started putting a bit more emphasis on on them becoming a top four side when they were mm. sort of finishing in around the top top eight, top six. And I think maybe more this season and with what happened last season, the fans are slowly man managing themselves back down to okay, maybe top four isn't an immediate goal, but it, that's the new long-term goal. We kind of got to do what your Chelsea's, your Spurs and your, and your Liverpool's have done in the last 10 to 20 years before us. We're now that team. It's like a passing of the torch. We're the team now, along with a few others that have been delved of the responsibility to make it competitive and start challenging at first. 
you, know, you can't get to the finish line. You can't beat the you can't beat the horse over the finish line unless he flings you. So yes. you know that Premiership winning season, as great as it was, we were flung off the horse straight to the finish line and won the race. Now we're back on the horse. We've got to keep a steady pace and build on it. We got Europa League last season. Forget how we got it. We got Europa League. Brilliant. Let's do well in Europa League. Let's get a top seven finish, and I'll still be happy come end of season. Yeah. But June is very likely. They're still a good yeah. 10 years away on a good roll yeah. from being up at their level. As they always say, when you get talking about football, it, you, 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 the time passes, and we've been on nearly an hour um yeah. already uh somebody here, i don't know who this is i have a feeling it might be mrs twiggle or mrs ahern going brad for pm um yeah <laughs> he's got the hair for boris johnson hasn't he and a message for you here julian and i don't think this is from uh, uh this is a clean one this week so you, you, you you're safe <laughs> um but watch is fine Great to see you settling Leicestershire, Julian. Once a fox, always a fox. Yes, we never let you you get away. Um, but um, um, this is this is this is Brett. Hi, Brett. So good evening, Brett. How are you doing? Uh, very, very, very quickly because, like I say, we are coming up to the hour, and um, I'm going to need a little room again in a minute. Uh, we'll probably we got Stoke away in the FA Cup. Um, is that a blessing, or I mean, you know, again? It's a game you look at on paper and should win. Very, very briefly, is it winnable? Uh, I, I think you. It, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's definitely winnable. And it, it, again, this is, you know, you're not sure what the manager's thinking. Does he, the, the players that we're wanting to come back in, does he, yeah. you know, go with the team uh, and introduce a few of them back in and think, you know, the, the long term Premier League and Europa is more important than that? I'm not sure, or do you just do you do you put your strongest team out because then we've got a great opportunity to win a cup? Really difficult for him at the moment with the injuries because under 23 games aren't competitive enough, so they're not good yeah. enough really for that. So is it one where he brings a few back? And I would say for me, I, I think I would do it if possible. Brilliant. Well, guys, um, thank you very much. And so they say the end is very near, but it is actually here. So I'm going to say thank you both very much for joining us, Julian. As always, a pleasure. Thanks, guys. And yeah, uh, it's great you. to have uh, the the, the, the ex-play of you on it. And you you, you 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 talk sense, and it's nice to have somebody on here that talks sense for once. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't argue that. It's true. Yeah, it's true. No, I can't argue that either, because <laughs> I know I, I, I don't. That's that's why I always let uh, the other guys do the talking, because they talk a lot more sense than I ever do. Um, <laughs> but thanks very much, Julian. And I think it's uh, if you're available next Sunday, that would be lovely to have you back on again. I know we play it... Um, um, we, you know, game by game, but uh, Sheffield United next Sunday, and uh, would be lovely to have you back on again then. But thanks very I'll much, Julian. That's a wine in my hand, but I'll try me there. Jeez, not a problem at all, mate. Take care and stay safe. And Brad. Take care, stay well. Yeah. Uh, I will see you on Thursday night. Yes, I will. Hopefully, we'll be talking a, a bit more cheerful a bit more yeah. positive yeah nice. well we can but hope but um yeah i will um see you see you on thursday take care mate i should see you then take care take care guys Cheers. thanks for joining tonight yeah 
And thanks to all you guys for joining in. It's been a busy one tonight. We've gone on a long time. And it's great because, you know, you've been throwing in a lot more questions and a lot more comments, which means we've got a little bit more, well, a lot more to talk about. So it's been great to have those comments on. So thanks for joining in, guys. It's been brilliant as always. Um, please remember, please, please subscribe. We're not far off 200 um, subscriptions on YouTube. We'd love to get to the 200 as quickly as possible. And if you are subscribed and you're watching tomorrow, as long as you're subscribed before the show starts tomorrow, you go into the draw. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I'll just remind you to win a copy of um, Barry Beer Points, um, Minding my own football business. Uh, he was our first chief executive during the 90s. Bit of a Marmite figure. Love him, hate him um, with the Martin O'Neill era. I got my copy come through today. He'd signed it all for me, and he will sign this and put a message in for you as well. But you do need to be subscribed to the Leicester Till I Die TV channel on YouTube. So uh, make sure you do that before uh, the show starts tomorrow, because once the show starts, that will be it. Um, and you can, of course, if you've missed any of tonight's show or any of the old shows, you can catch us on the, uh, the YouTube channel. And if you prefer not to look at us and... I don't know why it would be, but I can't blame you, I guess. But if you prefer not to look at us, you soon listen to us. Your favourite podcast site, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor, you'll get us on there, um, and you can listen to us as a, as a podcast. Uh, we will, well, I'll be back tomorrow night along with Mark at uh, sorry, along with Craig at 7.30 when we will be looking ahead to the Sheffield United game and hopefully getting us back on winning ways. Thanks for watching. Hope you've enjoyed tonight. Really, really thank you so much for all your comments and joining in. Remember, whatever you do, don't do anything that I wouldn't enjoy. Take care now. Stay safe. Goodbye. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. and sit down. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too or I'll be back. Sports Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116 123. 
That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.